I don't want someone waiting to talk to me till the happy hour. I want someone listening when I contribute in a meeting. I want someone to not interrupt me when I share my ideas. That's what I want. That will make me feel included, not going to the happy hour. So I want us to all think about what can we do first before we have the social events, because the social events are great, but they happen after we've laid this foundation. Welcome to the Managing Made Simple podcast, where I bring a decade of experience working in some of the most influential companies in tech to help you navigate the ins and outs of being a people manager. From conflicts to feedback to delegating and more, we will leave no stone unturned when it comes to what makes us love managing, kind of hate it, and everything in between. Doesn't matter if you're a new manager looking for some tips or a seasoned manager looking to up their game, everyone is welcome to hang out with Managing Made Simple. Let's go. As a team leader or business owner, you're no stranger to wrestling with some of the toughest situations that come up as a manager. But sometimes you need a little bit more support and you don't have the time to spend researching on the internet or taking a bunch of canned trainings. That is why I am so excited to share the Managing Made Simple Hub, your one-stop shop to everything you need to be a great manager. The Hub is an interactive community offering a monthly live Q&A Ask Me Anything call where you can bring up anything that's top of mind. Along with curated resources and tools, monthly challenges, exclusive discounts on my services, and conversations with experts. Best thing is, there's no long-term commitment and you can hop in and out anytime. Sign up today at leahgarvin.com hub, and I cannot wait to see you in our next live Q&A session. Welcome back to the show. And today we are talking about practical strategies for building an inclusive team, or as I like to call it, inclusion is more than a happy hour. This is a topic near and dear to my heart. This is something I have been teaching on, hosting workshops on, writing about for many, many years. I have a class on LinkedIn learning on the topic that has just reached 20,000 learners, which is super exciting. And this is something that even when I am not teaching about inclusion, spoiler alert, inclusion will be a foundational element in anything. Because in order to have a great team, you have to have a culture of inclusion. So If you're working with me for manager development, the ops playbook, employee engagement, any of my stuff, just know I'm gonna sprinkle inclusion in because inclusion is not something we add on at the end. It's not something that we only talk about when the inclusion person's in the room, which was the story of my life for a while when I was running inclusion programs. Inclusion is in how we work. And when we think about inclusion from the very beginning, in how we hire, how we make decisions, how we talk about work, how we prioritize, how we showcase work on our teams. When we think about inclusion from that standpoint, we never forget about it. It never falls off our radar and we start to weave it into the fabric of how we operate. Now, when I talk about inclusion, a lot of times what I hear from managers is, I care, I wanna do it, just tell me what to do and I will do it. I don't really understand how. So my goal today is to answer that question, give you with enough information so you never have to wonder, how do I do this? You just put this episode on repeat, write some stuff down and go with it. So why do I say inclusion is more than happy are? Because when we want to build inclusive teams, create community, create culture, a lot of times what folks do is they start with pizza parties, happy hours, events, team building stuff. And what they forget is nobody wants to show up to that stuff if no one's talking to them if they're not incorporated into the way we work, if they're excluded every other moment of the day besides at the pizza party, no thanks. And as a person who has attended far too many happy hours where I felt like, no, I don't like these people, they're rude to me. I don't want someone waiting to talk to me till the happy hour. I want someone listening when I contribute in a meeting. 
I want someone to not interrupt me when I share my ideas. That's what I want. That will make me feel included, not going to the happy hour. So I want us to all think about what can we do first before we have the social events? Because the social events are great, but they happen after we've laid this foundation. And how do we lay this foundation? Through focusing on three areas. Number one, making sure that everyone has access to information and decisions. Knowledge is power. And if we feel like we don't have the information we need to do our jobs, well, we're going to feel pretty excluded. This also comes into play when it comes to making decisions. You know, if we feel like only certain people are privy to give inputs and decisions, share their perspectives, and we feel like, well, we never hear about a decision for days or weeks, and we never really know where to find that information, we are going to feel excluded. This is why this first area is so important because we need to make sure as leaders, as managers, that we are looping people in more than maybe we think. Okay, I'm gonna just go ahead and say, I think more transparency is always better. More clarity is always better. More, more communication right now, especially with the uncertainty, is going to be better. So if you feel like, have I communicated enough? I would think about what have I communicated lately and is there a way I could turn up the heat a little bit on that? Access to decisions doesn't mean people have to you know, have input into every single thing or that it becomes decision by committee. No, this means that you have developed a process for communicating decisions and you've communicated what said process is so that people are on the same page. For example, saying, you know, hey, we have to make a big decision about the direction of this product or service. Here is the process. I will be weighing it, talking to these people. Here are some opportunities to share your inputs. I will be making the decision in two weeks and I will communicate it at this point. Hey, this, this is a way of being inclusive, just being clear and being transparent about what's going on. Same thing with sharing information. I have worked with teams that were really, really tight on sharing information. And the message that it sends, I'm going to say it, is I don't trust you. Literally, if you are both on the same team, in the same company, and you don't want to share a document with someone, that's a psychological safety disaster if I've ever seen one. Like we should be sharing documents. We shouldn't say, well, I, I can't show you yet unless we're worried, one, that person's going to give feedback that derails us or say something negative about what we're doing. Okay, it's like a worry situation. Or two, we don't trust them. If we're not feeling like we can share information, and I'm not talking about like highly sensitive stock price moving information. I'm talking about a project plan or, you know, a proposal or something like that. Progress on design, whatever it is where if we're not feeling like we can share with our team members, we have a trust issue that needs to be addressed because that's a huge inclusion blocker. One thing to do to address this is create a policy around information sharing, saying, hey, we share by default or we open on a Google Docs, you know, comment access by default, whatever it looks like, getting everybody on the same page around what that protocol is on your team so that some people don't share information and other people don't. And again, we wanna lean towards more transparency, the better. The second pillar of having an inclusive team is making sure everybody has safety and taking risks. Now, this is essentially the definition of psychological safety, right? Safety, taking risks, being vulnerable without it being held against you. And why I talk about this when I'm talking about inclusion is because a lot of times the cost of mistakes is different depending on what background you're in. You know, I worked in tech for many years and as a woman in tech, non-engineer, I felt like, oh gosh, like I have you know, if I get it wrong, if I say the wrong thing, I, I have the weight of the whole, you know, womankind on, on my shoulders looking at me like, man, you're letting us down. And even if this was in my head, this cognitive load is a lot to bear for someone in, in particular identity groups. So 
when we want to create an inclusive environment, it means we have to make it safe to make mistakes, take risks, to participate in conversations. Okay, if I'm the only woman in a meeting, it is taking a risk to speak in that meeting because there is so much at stake. And if someone interrupts me or talks over me or reappropriates my idea, so I say something and it's later mansplained or something else, then I'm not going to feel safe. Instead, we model inclusion by amplifying ideas, catching interruptions when they happen, saying, hey, building on Leah's idea. Uh, Leah was sharing a great idea earlier that I wanted to come back to. That's the way that we make it safer to take risks and participate. And that's the way that we show we are modeling inclusion. We are not tolerating things like interruptions and, and reappropriating ideas. And this is one of the biggest things that women report in meetings is feeling like, hey, anytime I say anything, nobody listens when I say it. But when Joe over there says it, everyone's like, oh, that's awesome. Let's keep doing that. Okay. So we want to really, really watch out for that. This also shows up in sharing ideas. You know, if someone shares something new and as the business owner, as the founder, CEO, you feel like, no, that's not going to work. Not shutting the idea with, no way, that's not going to work. Won't happen here. Won't work here. Right? Saying, oh, that's an interesting idea. Let's evaluate it. Right? Letting ideas exist without shutting them down is another way to provide safety in sharing ideas, in taking risks. Shutting ideas down at the outset, even if you don't agree with it or don't think it's feasible, this has a chilling effect on future ideas, on innovation. So, you know, think about what is your process for disagreeing, for saying, hey, you know, we're not going to explore that this time. A lot of times it doesn't really need to even be said. You can say, okay, we've had a lot of great ideas come up in this conversation. We're going to evaluate how to move forward and come back to you. So you don't even need to shut it down. If an idea keeps coming up and you feel like it really does need to be shut down, then you can say, thank you for your perspective. Again, we'll weigh it. This is likely not to be the direction we're going to move forward with but I really appreciate you sharing feedback. Again, shut it down a little bit, but I didn't say you're an idiot. Okay, you get the idea. Third thing that fosters a sense of inclusion before you can head to that happy hour is to celebrate all kinds of work. Nothing speaks exclusion more than having an A team, B team situation. And having spent a lot of my career working in design, where there's designers working on the ideation, the vision, the more fun, glamorous work, and working with production design, who is at the later stage of the process, often kind of like fixing the stuff that's broken, there is often an A team, B team vibe on many teams. I have seen it. I have lived it. I have worked it. And it's demoralizing when you're on the B team. You know you're on the B team. The A team work gets shown in town halls, in big team meetings, to executive leadership. And the B team work is scrambling to do all of the extra work when the A team folks have moved on to something else. This is often what happens. And it doesn't mean you don't have different kinds of roles and responsibilities. It means you find moments to celebrate all kinds of work that is happening and you reward all kinds of work that's happening. So if you're preparing for a town hall meeting or a large update or briefing some executives or preparing an update on what the team's been doing for leadership, things like that, if you are going to present to a client, if you are going to, you know, give out bonuses, whatever it looks like, when you're going to put a spotlight on work and reward that work, making sure you're doing that equitably. Because the people that are doing quote unquote just behind the scenes work or some of this what might be looked at as B team work, they are not going to stay when they feel like they are on the B team. You have to create a vibe of there's one team, all of our work is important, all of our work has its moment to shine, and back that up by showcasing that kind of work. For example, if you have a team member that works on 
customer service or, you know, filing complaint tickets or whatever, like that kind of thing where, you know, maybe a product person's usually in the spotlight or the person that's meeting with the clients is usually in the spotlight. Figure out a time where that person can share what they do, what they've learned, what their job is like, because that person is the one who's saving you when a client comes upset or when a customer is not happy with something. This person does have a strategic role in the team. So you want to make sure that not only does that person see it, the whole rest of the team sees it so that they don't propagate this A team, B team vibe. So these are the three ways that you lay a foundation of inclusion on your team. You're making sure everybody has access to information and decisions, making it safe to take risks, and making sure you are recognizing and rewarding all kinds of work happening, not having an A team, B team situation. And when you do this, when you have created an inclusive team that shows up in how people work, now go have that happy hour, go have that pizza party, whatever it is. There's a lot of strategies on how to have inclusive team events, meaning don't always serve alcohol, don't have it after hours, all these little things. I can definitely put some links for resources in there, but this was not about how to have inclusive happy hours. This episode was all about how to create an inclusive team, how to make the work inclusive so that you can run with whatever you want on the social side. And I mentioned this is one of my favorite, favorite, most long-standing topics to teach on. So if you are ready to build your most inclusive team yet, because inclusive teams are high-performing teams, and high-performing teams are motivated teams and engaged teams, if you are ready to do that work, then reach out at hello at leahgarvin.com. And we will dive into these three areas in a lot more depth, answer any questions that folks have around implementing and around, well, what to do in this situation or that situation so that folks come away with a really solid understanding of how to apply this to their teams. Again, that's to email me at hello at leahgarvin.com. See you next time. That's all I have for today. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Managing Made Simple podcast, where my goal is to demystify the job of people management so that together we can make the workplace somewhere everyone can thrive. I always love to hear from you. So please reach out at leahgarvin.com or message me on LinkedIn. See you next time.